In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. So awesome to see all the beautiful faces here gathered for our celebration of our Lord today, and all of you gathering from wherever you are in the world for, let's just be honest, the weirdest Christmas of our lifetime, right? <laughs> it's just weird. Let's just, we're going to name it and claim it and move forward because what we're celebrating today is the fact that the Almighty God, the Lord of all things, came into this hot mess of a planet to be with us, and to save us, and to show us the glory of his love. And that happens every single place we are, because our God is with us. Amen? Amen. And so we come before the Lord this day to celebrate this beautiful feast of Christmas, we take a moment to call to mind our struggles with sin because we know that the one who saves us from them is here. Let us pray. O God, who gladden us year by year as we wait in hope for our redemption, grant that, just as we joyfully welcome your only begotten Son as our Redeemer, we may also merit to face him confidently when he comes again as our Judge, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, son of David, son of Abraham. Abraham became the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah became the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar, Perez the father of Hezron, Hezron the father of Ram, Ram the father of Aminadab, Aminadab became the father of Nashon, Nashon the father of Salmon, Salmon the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab, Boaz became the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed became the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of David, the king. David became the father of Solomon, whose mother had been the wife of Uriah. Solomon became the father of Rehoboam, Rehoboam the father of Abijah, Abijah the father of Asaph. Asaph became the father of Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat the father of Joram, and Joram the father of Uzziah. Uzziah became the father of Jotham, Jotham the father of Ahaz, Ahaz the father of Hezekiah. Hezekiah became the father of Manasseh, Manasseh the father of Amos, and Amos the father of Josiah. Josiah became the father of Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the Babylonian exile. After the Babylonian exile, Jeconiah became the father of Shealtiel, Shealtiel the father of Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel the father of Abiud. Abiud became the father of Eliakim, and Eliakim the father of Azor, Azor the father of Zadok. Zadok became the father of Achim, and Achim the father of Eliud, and Eliud the father of Eleazar. 
Eleazar became the father of Mathan, Mathan the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. Of her was born Jesus, who is called the Christ. Thus the total number of generations from Abraham to David is 14 generations, from David to the Babylonian exiles, 14 generations, and from the Babylonian exile to the Christ, 14 generations. Now this is how the birth of Jesus came about. When his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found with child through the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, since he was a righteous man, yet unwilling to expose her to shame, decided to divorce her quietly, and such was his intention. When behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, into your home. For it is through the Holy Spirit that this child has been conceived in her. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Immanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took his wife into his home. He had no relations with her until she bore a son, and he named him Jesus. The Gospel of the Lord. Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. So there's another kind of interesting take on the Christmas story that uh, someone among the early Christians wrote about. It's not in the Gospels. There's another little take on this from what we call the Gospel of James. It's a very early book. Uh, uh, that, that didn't make it into the synoptic, into the Gospels that we have in our Bibles. Um, but it's still, a lot of the stuff from the Gospel of James kind of made it into, into Christian tradition over the years. There's a, he has an interesting take on what happened at the moment of Jesus' birth. According to this Gospel of James, uh, Joseph and Mary make it to Bethlehem. They're kind of run late on time, you know, and Mary is about to give birth, and J- uh, Joseph takes her to this stable, you know, the, the, the place where she's going to give birth to Jesus. And he's like, we need a midwife for this. And so Joseph goes running off to look for a midwife to help out with delivering the baby. And while he is uh, running off to f- go find this midwife, he notices something strange that happens. It's kind of like time stops for a minute. He like looks up in the air and he sees birds stop moving. And he sees uh, shepherds with their sheep in the field, and they're kind of not doing anything for this moment. And it looks like there are a bunch of people in the process of doing something, and they've stopped for a moment there. So time kind of stands still and freezes in this story. And then Joseph eventually finds this midwife and brings her back to the stable to help out with Mary, only to discover that the blessed event has already happened. I think that's kind of fascinating to think about. Okay, Again, it's not one of the canonical Gospels. Who knows how symbolic this is or what, what level of truth there is there, but I like this idea that the coming of God into the world changes the way we even think about time. You know, if you, if, uh, if you happen to have been to any of my Masses throughout the season of Advent or since the Feast of Christ the King, I've been a little bit obsessed with glory. I've been preaching about it for the last five, five Sunday, five weeks, you know, major Masses. The experience of glory, the experience of amazement. 
Okay? When, we say, when we say glory to God in the highest, as we just sang together, what we're really saying here, when we, the reason we sing that at the beginning of Mass is because it's almost like as we come to Mass and we're welcoming the presence of God in this unique way on our altars, we're really entering into we're at this like, like nexus point between heaven and earth here. And so we sing glory to God in the highest. That's our way of saying, I'm amazed that I even get to be here. You know, going into the Holy of Holies in the Old Testament was something that very few people could do, would ever see. And yet we're welcomed in to the presence of God every single time we come to Mass. Glory to God. I'm amazed that you are here for me. And I've been talking a lot about this experience of glory and how, how it changes the way we see everything. It changes our experience of life. It's not natural for us to be able to see glory. I think we have to ask God to help us to see it. But once, once our eyes are open to glory, it changes the way we think about our existence. It changes the way we experience everything. And I talked about, on the third Sunday of Advent, I talked about uh, the, how glory is the bedrock of joy. When I, when I experience the love of God and the love of others, what that does, when I, when I know that I am known and that I am loved at the core of my being, that means I am unshakable. That means the world can't overcome me. When I, am know, when I know that I am known and loved by another, then I stand in confidence. It gives me courage. It gives me joy. This unshakable optimism, even in the face of challenging things. So when I experience the glory of God, either in my prayer with God or the mediated to me through other people, through other good and beautiful people, it gives me joy. It gives me courage. It even changes the way I experience time. As uh, that pre-gospel of James tells us about. When we experience glory, we're kind of taken off of the timeline for a little bit. You know, we usually measure time on a line or with a watch or with a calendar. And we think of how time passes. And in, in, this, in these days, in these months, with all that's been going on in the world, the passage of time has been really weird, hasn't it? I mean, I know it has for me. I can't tell you over the past several months how many times I've asked the question, what day is it? It's just odd. <laughs> like, I, I lose them, you know? Especially when you're, uh, I, I teach in a, in a seminary there, so in the midst of a, of a schedule, I'm like, all right, which, which, which kind of schedule day do I need to be ready for on this day? I don't even remember what's happening, you know? I kind of lose, lose uh, how I'm fitting into this whole chronology of things. So everything's been a little bit topsy-turvy in a bad way in terms of our timing. We're either losing track of time, like becoming absent-minded, or becoming obsessed by it. I've got this Zoom meeting at this time. I got another Zoom meeting at another time. I got to, you know, plan for, for extra time for safety and all these different things. And our experience of time has been just really kind of shaky and weird. But I want to suggest to you today, as we celebrate this amazing moment of the coming of our Lord into our life, into our world, that when we experience the glory of God, when we enter into these glorious experiences of amazement and the love of God and others. It changes the way we think about time. It takes us off of that chronology timeline 
and it introduces us to God's kind of time, the time of glory, the time of, as the Greeks called it, kairos, the significant moment. You know, we, we, we tend to measure time on a timeline or, or, or with a watch or a clock or something like that, and we, we do it in terms of how many minutes, hours, we do it in terms of quantity. But when we, when we enter into God's kind of time, in this kairos time, time is measured by quality, intimacy, beauty. And we, we kind of, we don't even care about how much of the time is passing anymore. Think about the last amazing conversation you had with a dear friend or a great loved one. You were not watching your watch as that time was going by. Think about uh, the last time you got, to, you got to actually be in the presence of someone in security and safety, whether it's talking on the phone, whether it's having a nice safe yard visit, something like that, but there's just beauty and intimacy and grace and blessing in that moment. We're never thinking of how much time passes. And in fact, it seems we, we seem to be transported almost to another place. I think of that kind of timing a lot in all of our Christmas stories. I think of Mary as she encounters her son's face for the first time. I mean, we've seen this on the faces of parents meeting their children for the first time throughout the centuries. Mary even more so as she meets not only her beautiful son, but the one she knows is also the son of God. That kind of encounter is not measured in seconds or minutes or hours. It's measured in beauty. It's measured in love. It's, me it's measured in intimacy. We've all been struggling with those kind of emotions a lot in recent months. So our world's been just groaning under the pressure of a lot of different stressors and things like that. And so we need this Christmas now more than ever, I think, to be a reminder to us to look for the glory of God. To take time in blessed prayer, inviting the Lord to help us to see more of the story around us, inviting the Lord to fit us with glory glasses so we can start to see the world and our place in it in a different way, in a graced way. Lord, on this Christmas, we ask you to help us to be deeply aware of your presence, you who have come to love us and to save us. Help us to know that we are cherished by you, Lord, that you come in love, that you come bringing peace, that you come bringing purpose. And then, Lord, help us to forget ourselves as we look to the other, as we look to bring experiences of your blessing and your glory to the beautiful people that you've given us to spend this life with. Help us to be ministers of your glory, of your goodness, to anyone who feels lonely this Christmas. Help us to be ministers of your glory to anyone who's in any kind of need. Please bless our families, Lord, with a, a deepened appreciation for the gift that we are to each other. Help us to be ministers of your presence, of your glory, to our dearest of friends, and even to strangers in our community. 
Lord, these days have done a lot to try to separate us, but you draw us close. You are with us in our homes. You are with us in our churches. You are with us in our prayer. You are with us in communion wherever we may be found. And for this, we thank you. Show us your glory, Lord, and we will be saved. as we celebrate your presence in our lives in this most important way today. We ask you to hear and answer these prayers and help us to experience your goodness once again. For your goodness, your love, your sustenance is the strongest source of our joy. So we ask you to make our joy complete. So we lift up these prayers in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Lamb of God, you take away Let us pray.
Grant, O Lord, we pray, that we may draw new vigor from celebrating the nativity of your only begotten Son, by whose heavenly mystery we receive both food and drink, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. On behalf of everyone here at Holy Martyrs, I just wanted to wish everyone a very merry and joyful Christmas. So grateful to, to have you all here, whether you're here in person or you're here through the miracle of the internet, uh, joining us through our live streams. Uh, we just want to wish you every joy in this Christmas season. We are a world that needs to know the love of our God and his goodness and his grace. And so we just pray that throughout this Christmas season, you may know the, the time-bending, the joy-inducing, the courage-producing glory of God in your life, and that we may be able to share that glory with one another, to be real ministers of his goodness to a world that needs to know him more and more. Merry Christmas to you all. May you know the joy of the Lord every day of your lives. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go forth now glorifying the Lord by your life.